I was born in 1937, just before World War II. The decade where we live as young people really affects our view of politics. The period that I was a young child and a teenager was in one of the more patriotic periods probably that we've ever had as a nation. I remember in elementary school, we said the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag and to the United States of America. We said it every morning, every morning. Never, never did we fail to say that. We didn't have what I know of as the terribly deep divisions, except there was a group that was very much against going into European wars. That ended with December 7th, 1941. Lindbergh was one of the people that was a leader in that movement. They were having a big meeting that day. And during their meeting, it was announced that Japan had attacked the United States, and that completely broke up that movement. Young men rushed to join the service. But for some reason, it never really took with me. I never was the patriotic person that most people of my generation are. Most of the people that I've known of the World War II generation were highly patriotic. But I never was that. I think part of the reason I wasn't in that movement is God and the influence God had on my life even before I was born again. We are called from the foundation of the earth. I'm sure I had a very strong calling of God on my life. I never registered to vote when I was a young person, when I was voting age. I was not caught up in politics, as some of you were, thinking it was almost the salvation of the world. I never had that type of feeling until January 6th. And when I saw that attack on the Capitol, I admit, at that minute, I thought, oh, this is an attack on democracy. Democracy may be a very corrupt form of government, and the men and women of politicians may be very corrupt, but it has going for it a balance, a check and balance. And this is what our teachers in elementary school always said. Democracy works because basically neither side can do very much because the other side outvotes them. And it sort of ends in a block situation. And I believe that's true. Speaking from a spiritual standpoint, there is nothing in the Bible that tells us to go vote. And yet, 
it's almost a religion with these, especially the World War II people. We had a woman at the Bridge Center. She was older than I. She's no longer living. But Alice Celine just absolutely, she was so pushed toward politics, though she said she was a Christian. But she was so strong in her desire to push the need to vote that I remember her wearing little pens that said, I voted today, and the American flag was on them. And she would have been horrified at anybody who would speak a message that I'm going to speak to you. But I know the message I'm speaking to you is a godly message and based on foundation of Scripture, which I don't believe you can deny. If you read the attached page of writing that is presented on this recording, I believe that you will feel a solid base concerning your duty to God. It's a duty to God, not a duty to man. But what does God say? What does he say in the Bible about approving human beings? If you vote for a person, you would have to put a stamp of approval on that person. If you do that and that person does evil, the Apostle John said, you will be partakers of his evil deed if you wish him well. You have to seriously consider the scriptures and how they fit together on this subject of approval of man. One of the things the Bible says concerning kings, rulers, and governments of men of this world. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. I do pray for various leaders of governments of men, but I do not vote for anyone. I prayed that Mr. Trump would never loose a nuclear weapon against another country. And I prayed that Mr. Biden would not get us into a war with Russia. I'm not very good at praying for governments, but there are times that you see a danger and you pray over that danger. If you get yourself involved with politics, do you live in peace or do you live in hatred? Well, you can't be deeply involved in this subject of thinking one political party is above another. 
You can't live peacefully that way. You've got to believe God is in control. There will be a time when this heaven and earth are destroyed by God. The elect of God will be removed from this world and taken into heaven before the heavens and earth are destroyed. But there is a time everything's going to be destroyed. A minister from India contacted me several years ago and said, What is your vision of India? And I said, Well, my vision of India is the same as my vision of the United States. Both will be destroyed by God in the end when the heavens and earth are destroyed and removed by God. I don't believe I ever heard a word from him after that. Some people think this earth is the kingdom of Jesus, and that's not true. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, then would my servants fight. But my kingdom is not from hence. There is a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And these are the things we're going to see today. Where is your country? Where is your kingdom? If you are born again and truly chosen by God, elect of God, have a given by God a new heart and a new spirit, as we read about in Ezekiel 36, if that's really what you are, how can you hold on to an earth or a country as your kingdom? Our kingdom is the new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. One time I was reading this passage of scripture in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. I was reading that section of scripture one day when God said to me, You will never make this earth righteous. It's the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now that's exactly what Peter talks about in Second Peter 3, verses 10 through 14. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation, and that means manner of life, and godliness? What should you be? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens 
and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of Jesus in peace, without spot, and blameless. We have to be connected to God so strongly that we look to the new heaven, the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness, instead of trying to make this present earth righteous. It won't happen. It will be destroyed by God. And do you see people being more righteous now than they were before? I don't. I know we are nearing the coming of Jesus. I am put here for the purpose of warning the born-again people that they not fall away from Scripture and turn to some kind of fantasy about the goodness of man or how people are going to be saved in mass or some other foolishness when we see God's going to destroy the heaven and earth. The whole thing is we who truly belong to God, the elect of God, chosen by God, given a new heart and a new spirit, we are focused on something else. Our ancestors who were godly, who were saints, counted themselves as being strangers and pilgrims on this earth. They were just observing, passing through to the next life, believing in the promises of God for the new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Following God, obeying God, not consumed with what man would think of them and how they could gain status with men, but what God wanted them to do. These great men and women of faith of Hebrews 11, verse 13, these all died in faith, not receiving the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I consider myself to be a stranger and a pilgrim in this land, in this nation of the United States, in the state of Colorado. Formerly, I was in the state of Texas. But I consider all of these nations of men to be as a drop in the bucket, nothing in the sight of God. But that's what the Bible says. 
1980, one of our radio audience was an executive of vice president at Braniff International Airlines. She gave me two round-trip tickets to Europe on a Braniff plane. We spoke to people all over Europe. We started in Paris, and we were there for one week. And when I would sit on one of those beautiful benches overlooking the Seine, and people would walk by, and I would hear their conversation, I was at such peace. And the Holy Spirit said to me, the reason you're at peace is you don't understand the language. And I, I realized that was truth. It's just as evil as other nations. And yet I was at such peace that I didn't understand the word they were saying. In the United States, I'm not at peace all the time when the world walks by and I hear them talk. I have to turn the TV off in most cases when they give the news. I turn the sound off because I know it will disturb me. Now, why would we deliberately walk in and disturb ourselves with something where we have no control? Now, you think you have control by voting. One time I saw on television, I think it was the Democratic National Convention. I looked at the television screen, and they were all like a giant cheerleader cheering for their party. On stage, someone caught my attention. I thought, what is this person? He was on a platform, except he was dressed as a woman, a homosexual. It was very obvious he was in a dress, and there was a five o'clock shadow on his face. This was a man dressed like a woman being approved in the Democratic Party on their platform. And people would go up to him and hug him and make over him and approve him. Romans chapter 1, what God says about homosexuals and lesbians. Not what I think, what God says, although I do agree with God, because we come to the position of approving the Bible after we are born again. Before I was born again, I had some friends that were homosexuals, and the only problem I had is I had wished they weren't because I would have liked to have dated one of the men. I didn't know it was wrong before I was born again and read the Bible. When you read the Bible, you see the will of God, the heart of God on the subject. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. We'll start there. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, 
being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Vile affections. God sees sex with men with men as vile affection. God sees sex with women with women as vile affections against nature. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. See, it's not that we are against homosexuals it, and or lesbians. Or we don't, it's not that we hate them. It is that God turned them over to these vile affections. And in God's sight, homosexuals and lesbians are committing evil acts. Mark 10.6 But from the beginning of the creation... God made them male and female. How do you know the sex of the child? How you look at the child? How is he created? But today, they're wanting to even eliminate the word gender from colleges and institutions and not identify them as male or female, but let's see how they develop. That is so perverted. From the beginning of time, God created them male and female. But they didn't want to worship God as they should. And they were turned over to vile affections. Now that's the truth of the Bible. My cousin was not a religious person. She told me once, She was so embarrassed, she went to a neighbor's barbecue 
and she dressed as you would expect to dress at a barbecue in blue jeans and some kind of informal type overshirt. But when she got there, it was a wedding. These two men were marrying each other. I told her, I said, well, I wouldn't be ashamed of what I was wearing. If I had been in that situation, I would have run out of that place screaming. I would not participate in such a thing. It is not that I hate lesbians and homosexuals, but I'm not going to go to dinner with them or invite them to my house for dinner. Friendship of the world is an enemy of God. I had a lesbian woman ask me after I moved to Colorado, do you approve homosexuals and lesbians? And I said, oh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I was so stunned. After that, I sent her the scriptures of Romans chapter 1. You can't be friends and support them and, and approve them. That's what they're looking for. That makes you an enemy of God. James chapter 4, verse 4. The apostle said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. There are many forms of sin, not just homosexual. But the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, says the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. This won't happen. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. But if God reveals himself to a person committing adultery or fornication, if he reveals himself, it's just like John chapter 8. The woman caught in adultery, God said to her, Go and sin no more. You can't continue in that adultery. Once God reveals to you that what you're doing is a sin, you repent. You don't do that sin anymore. You turn from that sin and you flee from it. I know cases of married women in the church in the church I attended, in our church group, married women who were raised in the church. One was a Baptist. The other was raised in the Assembly of God from the time they were babies. One of them even signed a pledge at the Baptist church not to have sex until she was married. Both of these women, after they were married, were attracted to other men. One of them ended up committing adultery and having an abortion. 
getting divorced twice, marrying twice, longing to marry again. When does it end? When does it stop? The other one, second marriage, she had sex when she was 17, not married to her husband. Then they married. Then she divorced him after having two children and married another, wanted to marry another man. And she went to a preacher. And she said, I want to marry this other man, but I'm divorced. And the preacher said, well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Go ahead and marry, which they did. What does the Bible say about this? See, there's where the key is, is the Bible. After she was born again, she saw the scriptures, and every one of them, the scriptures showed her. As a divorced woman, she could not remarry without becoming an adulteress. After she was enlightened to this, she began telling her friends and family, I committed adultery, but don't you do it. And she read the scriptures to them. The scriptures tell us what is right in the sight of God. I do not personally trust any politician of either political party in the United States. I believe a person would have to compromise in order to be elected. I do not choose to partake of either party, though I will pray for the rulers, whoever is elected, for the Bible shows me pray for them, that we may live in peace. One more scripture. Second John verses 8 through 11. There's only one chapter in Second John. Verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine. Receive him not into your house. Neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. If you wish a person well, and then he goes out and commits evil, that makes you a partaker of his sins, according to the Bible. Don't do it. Be very careful when you wish someone well. I rarely wish anybody well. Rarely. Unless I know that person is seeking God and following God by the Spirit of God. And then I will wish that person well. Because if you wish someone well, if you're going to vote for that man that's a politician, and he goes out in private and commits sin, 
you will be partaker of his sin by wishing him well, by voting for him. Therefore, you will lose reward in heaven. Get your mind focused on the right thing, which is this current earth is going to be destroyed. The kingdom of God is not this world. It's going to be destroyed by God. Read these scriptures that I have presented along with this podcast. Study the scriptures, for they are truth. And they will change your life. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.